Hello, everyone, and welcome to Driven for Purpose, a lifestyle podcast designed to bring you tips, tools, and resources to help you discover your purpose, reignite your passion, and fully step into your power. I'm your host, holistic health and mindfulness coach, Amanda Bickham. Thank you, and welcome to the show. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another Wellness Wednesday. My name is Amanda Bickham, holistic health coach and mindfulness coach. I am so excited to bring you guys on to this special conversation with Dr. Todd Nelson. So I had the privilege of meeting Dr. Todd last two weeks ago at a beautiful place called the New Media Summit. And we got into talking about some of our own personal experiences working with clients. And I'm really, really excited to bring this beautiful, gorgeous soul on so that he can share a little bit about what he's learned in his over 30 years of practice. So give us just a moment. We've never done this before. Bringing Todd on. Hello, Ariel Pixley. Good to see you. Walt, good to see you as well. Welcome, brother. And if you guys know anybody who has ever struggled with anything in their physical body or even their mental, emotional body as far as health is concerned, please share this video. We love it when you share. Todd is going to bring a wealth of information to you guys today. And it would be really great if you guys are able to share. Whoa, it's probably the easiest one that I've had so far with bringing a guest on. Oh, (laughs) hey, Amanda. How are you? Can you you hear me okay? I'm on a microphone. You sound perfect. All right. Awesome. I can hear you well, too. Awesome. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the Wellness Wednesday show. I was just sharing with the audience a little bit about how we met and had this really organic conversation about what we kind of were feeling into when it comes to what we've seen in our health practices. And you have been in this health world of helping people heal as a naturopathic doctor for far longer, even longer than I've been alive. And I know that kind of hearing a lot of your experiences and what you've journeyed through, not only with your clients but also in your own personal health, I felt I couldn't help but want to bring you onto the show so that you could share this with everyone here who's watching today. Oh, fantastic, Amanda. I really appreciate it. It was so great to connect with you. Uh, We have so many similar thoughts and feelings about what healing is really all about and what men are really going through uh, physically, emotionally. I've had some of my own health challenges recently. So I'm really excited to talk to you about all that today. Yeah. And hopefully hopefully those listening are going to benefit. Yeah, I think they will. So with that being said, I know that you're a busy man and we don't have a lot of time. Mm-hmm. So I'd love just to jump right on in it. And one of Great. the things that when I had this conversation with you, we were sitting over lunch and I remember this moment vividly. And I was talking with you about how I had previously been working a lot with people who were diagnosed with autoimmune disease. And in the Western medical world, not naturopathic, but in the Western medicine, it's like, oh, here's an autoimmune disease. Sorry, we really don't know much to tell you. Like, take some steroids, take some creams, take some whatever. And like, yep, you're going to have this the rest of your life. But when you and I were talking, I remember looking at you and like really feeling into my heart space and just saying, don't you feel that a majority of these illnesses and these diseases are based upon mental, emotional states. And I remember, I just remember looking at your body, your whole body just kind of melted slightly. And you looked at me and you're like, and how do you share that with your clients, right? And so 
I would love to dive a little bit deeper kind of when we were having this conversation, what have you experienced in your many years and how does the mental emotional state have you found maybe even with your clients and also with yourself been a key contributor to those who have a disease or are trying to heal their diagnosed disease? Well, you know, uh, disease doesn't happen in a vacuum. It's not isolated. It's not just one physiological experience that you're having. I mean, sometimes, yes, we have lots of physical influences, of course, with the environment and our choices and habits every day as far as what we're eating and breathing and how we're relating, what environments we're showing up in, but also how we're thinking and feeling can dramatically impact our physiology. And I mean, I think most people have a good sense of this at this point, even though medicine tried to separate those and say that body and mind and spirit are distinct, separate entities. Well, you and I know that's just not really true. So when people are experiencing autoimmune disease, like you mentioned, you know, you have to look at that both literally what's going on physiologically, chemically, what could be underlying as far as causes go. But the questions that are almost never asked are, what's going on in your life emotionally? And have you been traumatized? Are you really hard on yourself? When you start thinking about metaphorically about autoimmune disease, it's when yourself is attacking yourself. And your white blood cells are going a little bit crazy and they're attacking healthy tissue. And then you get inflammation and you get big sets of symptoms. And I've always found it really interesting that it's a reflection of a real big disharmony in the immune system, Mm -hmm. which on a deeper level is reflecting a a deep disharmony in yourself, possibly in relationship to yourself. And so a lot of people, and I don't mean to generalize too much, but a lot of people with autoimmune disease, they they can be very self-critical or very hard on themselves or perhaps they're really traumatized and they haven't really worked through those feelings. And those feelings are really eating at them internally. And we have to think about how did our immune system suddenly go from functioning okay to starting to attack our joints or our nervous system or other parts of our physiology. That's the job of our immune system is to decipher between self and not self. And it starts going, well, self is attacking self. So therefore, a lot of times if we self-examine for a long time, we see that we're really judging ourselves, or we may have a lot of repressed trauma and feelings that we're not even in touch with, we don't even know about. So I think if you get a diagnosis like that, in a way, it's an invitation to dive deeper and start doing some self-exploration and to start looking at, okay, what, what places in me are really being harsh on me? Or, or that's really unresolved for me. And how do I achieve some harmony and peace? And I think harmony is a really key word there. So that's not a conversation. Typically, if you go to a rheumatologist, they don't start asking you about those kinds of things. They're just going to say, here's your blood markers and here's the meds to suppress that attack, which invites more side effects and doesn't address cause whatsoever. So One thing, Amanda, you and I talked about, like in my own case, I don't have an autoimmune disease, but I have two genetic illnesses. I have a connective tissue disorder, and I have a type of genetic neuropathy in my feet and legs. And then literally just last week, I got diagnosed with a cancer in my left tonsil, which was completely shocking. And it was funny because when I met you, (laughs) one of the things we initially immediately started talking about, I thought it was divine timing was about unexpressed emotion 
and being able to speak our truth, and especially as men. So for me personally, last week, that was a profound wake-up call to say, hey, you know what? What areas in me am I not speaking my truth? Am I not fully talking to myself in a healing, loving way? Am I not saying those things I need to say to other people that I need to be saying in an assertive and clear way? So, boy, that sparked off quite a conversation in myself to have to do that. But thankfully, I've had enough training and support in my life to get to a place where within, first, of course, it's shock, and then it's anger, and then it's fear, and then it's it's kind of like all the steps of denial and yeah. <laughs> grief. And But thankfully, I have had in my life the support to get to the place fairly rapidly of starting to compassionately self-examine and say, okay, what are the holdouts in me where I'm not saying what I really need to be saying, maybe to those I love or those I work with, or to myself? You know, what is it? How am I talking to myself here? Because it's right in my throat and I have to really pay attention. So I think that's a good jump off point is I wish that was more integrated into medicine, where they would start that conversation day one in a gentle, compassionate, non-blaming way. Mm-hmm. And Amanda, you you really demonstrate holding space for men that way, which I really honor in you to be able to go, yeah, here's where I'm at. Here's what I'm truly experiencing. Here's what I'm really feeling. And here's my real vulnerability. And a lot of times as men, uh, we're kind of terrified to say that both to the women in our life and to the men in our life. So thank you for that. Mm, Thank you. Thank you so much for being open and being vulnerable and authentic. And I think so often, you know, there's a lot that you said that I feel is so powerful. One of which I think is being a space holder or being a quote healer or being in this world of wanting to help so many others. Sometimes there can be number one, neglecting of self as you're trying to support and help so many others. And I know you and I have talked about that and you know that when your self-care is really high, then pre-genetic dispositions happen. But when your self-care maybe is a little bit lower, that's when you start, your body reminds you, let's just say. And I think that also another part of being in this space of holding space, we can often, there can be some shame if there's like, wait, like how or denial even, like how did this happen to me? And when I started to have my own symptoms of autoimmune, I remember being like, wait, what? Like I eat so healthy. I'm so mindful. I do yoga. I do all these things. And for me, mine was a skin condition on my face. And what the message Mm. for me was, was truly being like, I am afraid of showing myself fully. I'm afraid of how I'm going to be received. I'm insecure about my reflection to others. And it wasn't until I really, of course, you have to heal the physical body But I truly believe that the physical body is just trying to send you messages. One of the things that Walt says as we're on Facebook Live, some of the people who are on can comment. And he says, this feels like divine timing. Just yesterday, I started questioning, how have I been ignoring my autoimmune disease? And I think that's Mm. really powerful. And that's a great question to ask ourselves. And whether you have autoimmune or you have some other sort of dis-ease in the body, your body is always trying to tell you something. And in our world, especially in the Western medicine world, I'm sure you're very familiar with, it's like, oh, well, let's just put a Band-Aid on it or, oh, let's just put a pill or, oh, let's treat the symptom. And something that I love that you said is creating this space 
to really ask what is going on for you, the individual, what is going on for you on the mental, emotional side. And like you mentioned, many men, especially, you know, in my practice, that was another question that I'd asked you. I said, what is your female to male ratio? And as I've asked many other naturopathic doctors and holistic nutritionists and people in the medicine field or the healing arts field, oftentimes it's more women than men. And diving deeper into that, it's because we don't give our men the space. We don't give our men the space to actually feel that it's okay to have space held for them in their vulnerability and to feel maybe not okay or not strong when we put so much pressure on men to hold the strength and the stability and to hold that space and not allowing them to sink into their soft, their vulnerability, maybe even what would be known as the divine feminine aspects of ourselves, which this is also repressing and denying parts of ourselves. And that was something we were speaking on the phone about the other day, which really spoke to me. And I would love for you to speak to that as well here. Something that you shared with me was that there's a lot of stories around how we feel that men need to show up in the world as a society. They need to be strong. They need to be for a long time. They were the, supposed to be the providers. They need to have the structure. And we as women often expect men in relationship to be vulnerable and emotionally available for us. But yet in your experience, you found that there wasn't a lot of reciprocity on the other end, that when you needed to be vulnerable or soft or really settle into these emotions, that it really wasn't well received for the women that you're dating. And so I'm curious if you'd be open to talking a little bit more about that. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you're right. You know, as a doctor and as sort of a caretaker and learn the role of caretaker in my family and like everybody in the family comes to me with their issues and problems. And I have a big patient base that I have to show up and serve every day and be on point with my employees, etc. And so even though by nature, I've been a real caretaker, and I've been really sort of trained into that in my early life, especially in my dynamic with my mother initially of uh, sort of being her, almost like her emotional surrogate and caretaker. And I think a lot of men if they really admit it, can find that role in themselves where, oh, I'm going to sacrifice some of my, my own needs be, or even some of my own expression because it might upset mom or it, it might hurt mom or mom's sort of a neurotic mess and I, I have to kind of show up and take care of her. And so that makes me really good at showing up and caretaking women. And so one of the things I was sharing with you, Amanda, was what I've attracted them in my life is relationships that repeat that pattern. And it's usually women, they can be wonderful women, but uh, I'm not here to be critical or whatever about women. It's more about I have attracted women that repeat that pattern where I'm caretaking and I'm feeling like I'm the giver and they're the taker. I may feel some support, but if I really hit a place where I'm super vulnerable emotionally, or I'm really going through something, in my experience, so far anyway, I haven't been with somebody who can really receive that or create space or just be with it in a loving, nurturing way without taking it on as a stress or worse, being judgmental or critical or trying to push me back into being tough 
You know, that's such a knee-jerk response with both men and women is, oh, we're going through vulnerability here as a man. And friends and family and lovers are, they're kind of trained into like, well, I'm just going to push you to be tougher rather than I'm just going to be present for what's going on with you in a genuine way, a loving way to help you feel like you're loved. And usually, and just like for a woman, when you ask most women, I think you would agree with this, when women like presents from a man, they don't necessarily need him to do anything about it, right? Just to be present and just to be and be loving and be heard. And thankfully, I've had some training in that and I can do that for women in my life. But a lot of times women, one of the things we talked about is I'm a sensitive guy. Maybe some guys that are watching can relate to this. And some women I've attracted, they go, oh, I love that sensitivity. Why? Because you're really there for me. (laughs) In your sensitivity, you can be really compassionate for what I'm going through. But the reciprocity for me and my experience hasn't really been reciprocated as well as I would like it to be. Mm -hmm. And that may be, I take responsibility that I've attracted that and I've been replaying that pattern and I have to go through transforming that. And some women I'm sure who are listening are great at that. I just haven't been with them. (laughs) So, and you know, the other thing we talked about is how important that is man to man too. And I'm really blessed to have a men's group. I touch in with every week where we, I shared with you, it took us a long time to be trustworthy enough with one another to break down the tough guy, hold up, come back into the ring, keep swinging, and break down our masks and start saying, hey, you know what, man? Here's where I'm really at. This is what I'm really feeling. I'm really sad or angry or overwhelmed or challenged or whatever it is. And have men really hear me. That's been life-changing. And that's, frankly, it's it's helped me, like even physically, I can feel really bad with some of the challenges I'm going through. I go into my men's group, I can share and be heard and be held by the strength of my fellow men. And the next day, I physically feel better. <laughs> so you probably witnessed that in your uh, your men's circles that you facilitate. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, it's so beautiful. I remember it's interesting for so long. And for all the women who are watching, I am learning so much by sitting with men And by giving them the space, by giving them the space to hear and to be heard and to share and to be vulnerable, you would have no idea how much they want to talk, right? I remember the first men's circle that I did and I led them through these exercises. I literally had to be like, okay, guys, I want to respect the time. So we got to wrap it up. And it's amazing how much when you just give men the space that they're willing and that they need to be able to take up so that they can get some of the weight that has been on their shoulders. And, you know, one of the things that you would express, like a lot of the men in your circle, they're very high level, very successful in the world of what we've determined to be successful. And with a lot of this success also comes a lot of responsibility and a lot of comes a lot of maybe unspoken things that you think should be a certain way, right? Everything looks good on the outside, So what do you have to complain about? Or what are you crying about even? Very manly statement. What are you crying about, right? And it's like, listen, we really, I believe all of us, male, female, anywhere in between, really could benefit 
by holding space for one another. And as you said, in a divine feminine way, meaning just allowing it to be, just realizing that all emotions are equal. They're all very powerful. They're all very incredible. They're an incredible part of this human experience because believe it or not, whether or not you want to accept it or admit it, those feelings of anger and pain and sadness and grief, those quote, lower vibrational feelings are so necessary for us to be able to feel the elation and the ecstatic and the bliss and the contrast when we're feeling really, really high and really on the next level. And there was some things that one of the things that was shared in our sacred space a a few men's circles ago was just that in and of itself was this grief and this sadness really allows the person, the individual to understand what's possible on the other side. And I was speaking with a client even today, and we were working through some of their, where her pain was, right? And a lot of it was also wrapped up in grief. And there was like a trauma, as you mentioned at the beginning of this episode, trauma, traumatic experiences. We are taught in our world that you need to toughen up. Like if you're having a traumatic experience, like you don't have time, you need to suck it up. You need to be strong and you need to move forward because you just don't have time. And whether you're male, it's very, very present for and female, we're given a little bit more room to be more emotional. But I think we can all learn from each other. We can all learn by listening to this and hearing what's going on in the medical world, what's going on in the internal world, what's going on in the external world. And I really feel like there's this emergence of this unity that's being asked to come back together. And really, as you know, Dr. Todd, the the body is an incredible vessel, which only wants to be in balance. It has its ability to heal itself. But if we don't listen to it, and if we're masking it by pills and surgeries that may not be necessary, and all of these other topical style, quote, if you will, relief methods, we're not really allowing ourselves to listen to ourselves and really see what is it that I'm not giving my awareness to or enough of my attention to. Yeah. And when we're not giving awareness or attention to these things, like you're saying, Amanda, really well said, they eventually resurface in some form and typically in the form of some kind of physical symptom. And there's the old analogy of, well, if your fire alarm goes off in your house, you don't hit it with a sledgehammer and go back to what you were doing. (laughs) And with modern medicine, and I, I think also culturally, especially in the Western world, if we hit some vulnerable places, sometimes we don't always have the social support to kind of feel through that. And if we don't genuinely be with our feelings and feel what we're feeling, what we don't realize, particularly men, I think, we don't realize is, oh, if I take the time and space to actually feel through what I'm feeling, eventually it dissipates the intensity of the feeling Mm. and it transforms. And like you said before, it opens up the space for actually more positive feelings and more clear awareness and more ability to move forward with some creative choices. And if we don't do that, it's like a kid throwing a tantrum until they get your attention. (laughs) Meaning if it it might be small symptoms at first, but eventually it gets bigger and bigger and then bam, it might be a big, potentially even life-threatening symptom that says, hey man, you better pay attention and you better wake up. And and not only you better do that, but hey, you have an opportunity here. It's like, like I said before, it's an invitation to slow down, get aware, get support, 
find somebody to be with in that space where you can feel safe and express. Because every man I know has their vulnerabilities. The toughest guy you meet (laughs) who looks externally tough, most of the time it's an overcompensation. Let's admit it, guys. is a revelation of vulnerability. And the strange thing is, for me anyway, in my experience, I get stronger emotionally, spiritually, and physically to the degree that I consciously feel what I feel. Mm. And it seems like a dichotomy, but it's actually very complementary. So any kind of illness one is exposed to or starts coming up in any kind of symptoms Here I am, a naturopathic doctor. I'm 60 years old. Like I say, I travel in packs of high-level functional medicine people, you know, and I get a cancer diagnosis last week, and thank God it's contained and treatable and low-grade, but it's kind of like, what? (laughs) Like you said, with autoimmunity, like, what? This can't be me. And initially, it's like totally denial and not commensurate with my own (laughs) self-image. Like, I I just never thought I'd ever have that word in my vernacular about me. So it's uh, humbling, and it is an invitation to step back. And what I would say is, because I've given myself about a week and a half of just really allowing myself to be very vulnerable, I've taken a lot of space, I've taken time off, and I've had lots of support. Like, miracles are already happening. Things I could not pre-imagine. Like, I just happened to get connected with one of the top scientists in the world doing some leading-edge research on nutrition who was gracious enough to call me and talk to me for free and just gave me some of the most profound insights that I never heard of (laughs) regarding my cancer. And I don't think that would have happened had I not allowed myself to go through all my feelings and also to reach out and ask for support and be open to receive. And that's been a really hard thing for me personally in my life is to, and you probably see this with a lot of men, and there's a lot of women like this too, of course, is to say, this is what I want. And one of the first things I did was I got on email to my men's group and I said, hey guys, this is what's going on. I'm getting a biopsy on Friday. And you know what? Here's what I would really like. I'd like bone broth soup. (laughs) And I would like all these soups and whatever you can do. And these guys just start showing up at my door with food and whatever else they needed. And they're checking in with me every single day. And most guys can respond to this type of a diagnosis in a way where they just become a lone wolf. Well, I don't need the pack. (laughs) You know, I'll just go out into the wilderness myself and suffer alone and I'll sort of stay in my denial and stay in my locked up habitual reaction to where I am. And I'll just tough it out and I'm going to beat this, you know. I would say, come on, guys, take a breath, step back, be willing and open to sharing your vulnerability, at least with one person. Mm. And Start asking and defining, what do I really need to be feel really nurtured here? Because it's a big deal. I'm sure when you got a diagnosis, Amanda, of an autoimmune disease, you needed some nurturing. 
you needed a lot of support for a while, right? <laughs> well, yeah. men do too. Yeah, I think that's really powerful. And I appreciate you. One of the biggest intentions for me, and one of the reasons why it's so great to have you come on is not only your path in medicine and really understanding and seeing and working with a hundreds, if not thousands of patients over the years, seeing the patterns and habits. And also as someone who is in their 60s, right, really sharing these words of wisdom for the younger generation, right? So for anyone who is below you in any way that could be in their 50s or their 40s or their 30s or in any way, just truly speaking your authentic truth and saying, hey, look, you guys, we've been taught a certain way and an old story about how we needed to be, we needed what being manly was or is. And right now it's an opportunity for all of us to soften, to reconnect to ourselves and to embrace and accept all aspects in all areas of ourselves and to reach out and have support, whether it's with one person or whether with it's, if it's with a group, really truly finding that community or that opportunity to have a safe and sacred space. And that's truly with the men need space to movement that I'm really wanting and I am creating this wave of a space where regardless of where you are and regardless of what's going on in your life, if you want a space, you can have it. And and the men need space too is really about men showing up with other men, feeling that they can drop down their swords, if you will, and really open up to share as much or as little as they want. And it may be super uncomfortable And also it is very healing and I appreciate you coming on and sharing your wisdom and your experience and your vulnerability. And I hope that this is an opportunity for you to speak your truth. And maybe that's truly, again, a big part of your own healing journey is like choosing to speak up and to share your truth with others so that others can choose to learn and grow with you too. And I know that you don't have a lot of time and I want to make sure that you take your time because I can book my schedule back to back to back. And then I'm like, Oh my God, I have no time for me. And so (laughs) I want to honor that. But if there's anything, you know, to any man who's watching or even any woman, any individual, any, even if you don't identify with one or the other, what would you say to people who maybe have dealt with some sort of mental, emotional depression, stress, anxiety, or some sort of physical dis-ease, any dis-ease in the body, what would you say to the individual that might be able to create the space for them to learn from maybe what you have gone through in your own experience, both self and in your practice? Yeah, I think when you're hit with a diagnosis and you're sort of in shock, it's important to immediately start taking stock of who is it that you trust the most? in your life? And who is it that could most support you? And maybe even write down who those people are. And to start thinking about, if I could get what I really need, like if I could feel into what I really need for me in this process, what would it be? And like for me, initially, it was food, (laughs) food and listening, (laughs) and friends visiting me. That was really important to me. To feel like my community sort of came to me, showed up at my doorstep and uh, fixed me food and listened to me and gave me some input or just sat there with me and could listen to me. And so if you're watching this and you, you have something like that, men or women, a lot of times we naturally do that. We go to family or we go to a best friend or what have you. But I would challenge you to deepen it 
and to say, okay, don't just go to them how you habitually go to them. Maybe pause, feel, take a little time, journal, try to flush out, where am I? What am I really feeling? Am I feeling terrified? Am I feeling hopeless? Am I feeling really disempowered? And then what am I really needing for me right now that would nurture me the most? Because we all need that from one another. We all need to be nurtured. And and then ask. <laughs> ask with the spirit and feeling of being okay. If somebody says no, well, you know, that's okay. Maybe they're not able or willing to show up. And we have to give them space to be wherever they are, not fault them and judge them. You know, a big lesson for me is don't ask somebody for something when I know they're not the one who can give it to me. <laughs> We tend to do that, and then we tend to fault that person that they can't give to me what I want them to give to me, but they may be incapable or unwilling to do that. So God love them. We need to forgive them, forgive ourselves, let that go, but go to people that we trust can show up for us and just ask. And then the really hard step for me that I'm practicing every single day right now that is really challenging, I have to say, Amanda is then receive it <laughs> when it comes. When Without feeling comes, like you then... need to give it back. <laughs> yeah, see, that's me. Is There's the knee-jerk of, oh, oh, okay, well, how are you? And what can I do for you? And uh, <laughs> It's such a knee-jerk. <laughs> but thank you for that reminder, yes. I want to tell you that uh, Dan, Dan is a great member of our community. And he, so on the Facebook Live, we get our members can say things. And Dan says that he is sending you prayers for a full recovery talk. Hey, Dan, shout out to you, man. Thanks so much. Thanks so much. I appreciate that. Mm. Well, thank Mm. you, Dr. Todd. I really appreciate you being here and being vulnerable and sharing your message. And for those of you who don't know, I do host an online men's circle. So if you don't have a space physically or you don't feel that you have that opportunity to connect, please feel free to reach out to me. Also, if you guys want to hear more about this, I feel like we are going to have more conversations. I feel like we're just kind of uncovering the top of the beginning of a really beautiful, maybe even a series that we can do together where you, Todd, can speak more of your truth. And those of you who don't know here on Facebook Live, I do have a podcast. It's called Driven for Purpose. And so that should be launched officially by the end of the week. And this episode will go on that podcast. So you guys can share it with people who you may know who might be struggling or even suffering in silence, or maybe who do have some sort of a challenge, whether it's physical, mental, or emotional that they're going through. So Todd, your words, not only are you speaking them and they're going to help you, but they will undoubtedly help so many others. So I really appreciate you and I want to respect your time and thank you. I hope we can have you on again for deepening this conversation and realization and having more of a conscious conversation with others in the community as well. Absolutely, Amanda. I'd love to do that with you. And thank you so much. And just acknowledging the space you hold and the uh, the real gift that you're giving into the world. It's really stunning. Thank you. Thank you. All right, you guys. We'll talk to you soon. Take care, Todd. Bye. Yeah, you too, Amanda. Bye-bye. Hey everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode on Driven for Purpose. I cannot tell you how much your support means. If you found this content helpful in any way, shape, or form, I would love it if you share this with your friends and family. If you haven't yet already done so, please go on over to iTunes and leave us a review. 
Your reviews help us rank higher, which means more people can get inspired by this content. And together, we can support one another to continue on our journey towards our highest and best selves. I'll catch you next week.